Hey everybody, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com, and you are listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Hello my friends, this is Jim, and thank you for joining me today for the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Of course, we are right in the middle of a national and worldwide test or trial with the coronavirus outbreak. And uh, today I want to talk about a few things related to that, and I want to look at it from a a biblical viewpoint, but I also want to look at it from a human viewpoint as well, because as we go through life, we can look back on the past, especially if you have been a uh, believing believer, let me put it that way for a while, you know that there's times that you faced certain crises uh, or crises in your life. Um, and there were times that you came through a lot smoother than others. Maybe there were times that things got really rough and you began to question whether or not God was even present with you in the midst of what you were going through at the time. But hindsight being what it is, sometimes we mistake in our feelings for uh, reality. So I want to look at both sides of it in today's podcast because being human, yes, We do deal with things such as the temptation to fear or fret or worry or to lose hope. These are all realities, and that's why so many times when we look at the New Testament writers, they use phrases such as uh, putting in remembrance and reminding the people that they were writing to or reminding the individual to take heart and to remember what God had said. And there is plenty of examples in the Old Testament about people forgetting about what God had promised because what was happening in their everyday reality seemed to be, uh, let's use these words, more real. And I think that's why so many people walk away um, from faith, from God, from their relationship with God over the years is they are unable to experience a, a practical kind of a solution to their everyday problems and faith becomes more of a looking forward to a future point in time when we leave this world and enter into the literal uh, kingdom of uh, heaven and I understand that too I remember certain times thinking and talking with people this was back in the 80s and there were a lot of people back then in the late 80s saying things like I, you know, I'd be perfectly fine if the rapture happened today. And half of the statement was based on, of course, looking forward to what's going to be there for us, because the Bible actually says to, to be with Christ is far better than to be here. That's not difficult to believe, is it? But then, of course, sometimes that statement is made to escape what's happening here in the world, what's happening here in our lives as individuals to escape from it. So... Uh, and, and that's understandable. I've, I felt that way myself sometimes in the past. But let me let me start by reading a few scriptures. I want to talk about uh, what I've just mentioned and how these things tie together, um, and they and they can create a sense of anxiousness and worry and fear. But let me start in Philippians chapter uh, four, verse number six. I'm reading from the King James Bible, and here it says. Be careful, or that word is also translated, anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice there's two things there. They shall keep your, the peace of God will keep your heart and your mind. And the peace of God passes all understanding. This morning, I had the peace of God um, that was so effective. And as I was going through my morning, that I began to wonder, is this the peace of God? Or am I just not, am I just choosing to think about uh, not think about what's happening in the world. Because when I think about what's happening right now, I have an inner sense of, of peace. But I also know that I'm the personality type that sometimes it's easier for me to ignore things and to just think about something else. And then the problem is still there. I've done that too. So there's a difference between trusting God, of course, and just not paying attention to what's going on. Not paying attention to what's going on, of course, will make you less fearful. That's the positive thing about it. But uh, prayer, on the other hand, and actively being in faith uh, towards God about a situation is the, is the guarantee that you're going to come out through the other side, is the bringing the solution from that, that spiritual dimension from eternity into time where we are today, where we need it. Jesus uh, gave us all things the Bible say says that pertains unto life, that's here now, unto godliness. Everything has been provided for us. So let me keep reading. It says, finally, brethren, verse number eight, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, uh, think on these things. So isn't that interesting um, that all of those things are mentioned there? He didn't. He could have just said, you know, think about good things or think about true things. But there's a whole list of things that are mentioned here to think about, and uh, and and I think that that's because uh, sometimes if we have just one thing and we think about it today, that's kind of encouraging. But tomorrow we may not get the same. Um, we we not may not get the same return on that investment. For example, maybe I could be thinking about the heavenly world today and what the future will be like there, and, and, and that keeps my heart out of fear today. But maybe tomorrow I don't get that same response from it. Maybe I have to think of things that are of virtue or of praise. You know, Think about a, a past experience that was positive or a good report. In other words, there's all kinds of things that you can fill, fill your heart and mind with that are positive. Let me read this again. Finally, brethren, whatever things, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. That's a big one there. I mean, how many times do you just think about what's happening in the world? Are those things pure? I mean, when you think about the crime and you think about the debt and you think about the struggle, none of those uh, things are, uh, if you put those things in God's perspective, None of those things are in heaven, of course. So uh, whatsoever things are pure, sometimes you really got to elevate your thoughts to think about something that fits that classification. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, any praise, again, think on these things. Why? Because the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds uh, through Jesus Christ. So, you know, when I think about it, if you go all the way back to the beginning, Adam sinned, and as a result of that, uh, most people will live their lives filled with anxiety 
filled with worry, living in a world that is filled with the, the thorns and the thistles. And anxiety and worry make um, are the circumstances in which or it's the fertile ground on which uh, evil forces can work. So uh, the Bible says we shouldn't be anxious, anxious about anything, but that we should go before the Lord and pray. And when you really think about it, only Jesus, only the Holy Spirit can give any of us true peace or true joy or true hope in our hearts. It's not just our ability to think about things that are positive. That's just the beginning step. And so it's almost like the different kinds of soil that the Bible mentions or the different kinds of ground mentioned in uh, the Gospel of Mark about the sower went out to sow the word and then the Bible talks about some of the seed fell on the ground where the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entered in and it choked the word and, and God's word became unfruitful. I think every single one of us wants to eat the fruit or good fruit that can result from our relationship with God, can result from our connection with God, can result from the fact that the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of us. But it gives us a certain responsibility. It doesn't just say these things are going to fall on us. And even if you just exercised your mind, you know, just kept it on a mental level, you'll often find that your mind isn't strong enough to think just about good things, that it has, like the saying goes, a mind of its own, and it wants to think about negative things or harmful things. And and people justify that kind of thinking sometimes because they say, well, I'm I just want to keep up to date on what's happening in the world, or I just want to be aware, I just need to be aware of what's going on. But instead, what they're doing is they're taking in thoughts, they're taking in um, other people's opinions, <clears throat> and as a result, anxiety and worry are being created internally. And that is the atmosphere in which evil forces can gain access. If you think about it, it's almost like um, the Holy Spirit gives us a shield, right? The Bible talks about the shield of faith wherewith we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. But anxiety and worry make the shield thinner and thinner and thinner. It's almost like huh, sometimes you watch those uh, science fiction shows on TV where the, the space, they're fighting in space and, they, and the ship has a shield on it and the, the bullets or the rays are hitting the shield <clears throat> and then they report to the captain. Captain, shield's down to 20%. <laughs> what does that mean? It means when you get down to zero, you're going to start taking the hit. You're going to start taking the damage. But until that time, you have a shield that's able to uh, withstand the incoming missiles. And it's like that, spiritually speaking. Anxiety and worry uh, make the shield thinner and thinner and thinner. Or maybe we say anxiety and worry causes us to lower the shield until... Um, we're in a place where we become open and easy targets. And so only Jesus, only the Holy Spirit can give us that true peace and joy. So it's not like God just gives us a bunch of armor and says, okay, here's the instructions. Good luck. See you years from now after your time on earth is, has ended. No, it's he is actually with us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. Right? The Holy Spirit, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it makes you wonder when you pray, where do the answers actually come from? Are they, are they still coming like in the Old Testament from the heaven down to earth? Or if the kingdom of heaven is actually on the inside of us already, like Jesus said it was, well, think about how your theology might change. 
It, maybe that when God hears your prayers, maybe he just manifests them now from the inside out. If you have the Holy Spirit, I mean, isn't that possible? Uh, isn't it possible that if the Holy Spirit is in you and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit he, and the kingdom of God is within you, that everything you need, healing and deliverance and prosperity and all those things are already on the inside of you in your spirit and through prayer, the Holy Spirit works uh, with the Father in heaven to just manifest those things down here? I mean, Jesus said it like this. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Yeah, that's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that it's an advantage of me having the Holy Spirit in me sitting here right now than it would be to have Jesus sitting in the chair next to me right now. But, I mean, if you really think about it, then if the Holy Spirit is in you and Jesus and the Father and the Spirit are one, well, then Jesus is also in you and so is the Father. Even Jesus said it after the Spirit came down into him. He said, um, the Father in me, he is the one that's doing the works. I only do what I see my Father doing. So, yeah, I think sometimes that religion and some church experiences and some of the messages that we've heard over the years has painted really an inaccurate picture of what we have and who we are. So let's read a little bit further here, and I want to look at this uh, concept of let not your heart be troubled, because stress such as anxiety or worry or maybe even nervousness and discouragement can have a harmful effect in our physical bodies and in our hearts, maybe even in our organs. And people don't realize, why do bad things happen to good people? If God is uh, who the Bible says he is, then why does he allow sickness and disease and, and all of these things ha to happen to people? Maybe we're allowing it to happen ourselves because we're allowing anxiety and worry and nervousness and discouragement to enter into our lives <clears throat> the Bible says to give no place to the devil. And that word place is also um, translated like the word topography, like um, land. Give no land to the devil. And, and it's in the context of your own land, your own property. Give no property uh, to the devil. And so um, it's easy for us to think that anxiety is... It's just nothing. It's just a feeling. It's just an emotion. Everybody has anxiety from time to time. But if you read these the scriptures closely, where Jesus talks about it in the uh, parable of the sower, in the gospel of Mark, Jesus likened uh, a heart filled with anxiety to thorns. And he said that the thorns uh, choke the word. And he said the word of God cannot bear fruit because of anxiety. And so, you know, a lot of times we think of things like, I hope God doesn't allow this to happen in my life. And, and, and God has basically put the ball back on our court and, and he said, he'll allow what we allow. Right? If we allow anxiety, then God will allow anxiety. So just as a seed cannot bear fruit if it's on thorns, so the word of God can't bear fruit if our heart is filled with anxiety. We can put really good seeds on really bad ground. And if we put a good seed among a patch of, of thorns, it's not going to be able to grow into what it was designed to be. And God's promises are programmed or designed to bring blessings into the lives of his people. That's why he made them. It says there have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we may be partakers of his divine nature. 
Proverbs chapter uh, 17, let me go there quickly. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 17. I apologize, got that one wrong completely. Proverbs chapter 17, I should have said Proverbs chapter 17, and in verse number 22, it says, A merry heart doth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Let me read that again, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. A merry heart doth good. I have to say that, that I... I have enjoyed the fruits of a merry heart through a better part of my life. And it doth like a medicine. And so um, do we have anything to do with whether or not we have a merry heart or is it all God's responsibility? No, of course, we have our part to play. So I've noticed in my own life, as these truths became reality to me, that and the human nature is such that we can either lean too hard one way or another. You know, it's kind of like that with a road. There's there's lines on the road, and we're supposed to stay within the lines. Um, but relative to spiritual things, there is man's part, and we can accentuate that so much that we, we lose sight of God's part, and we just start thinking about our part. And when we do that, it becomes fearful because we put all the responsibility on ourselves to make things work. And, and then there's God's part. And if we put all of the emphasis uh, and accentuate ju- only that or just that, then we lose sight of the part that's our responsibility to do. So it's like two sides to the same coin. We can look at both of these sides individually or we can look at them both together, which is how most things work in life, right? It's not just one component. It's just many components working together. We can look at, some people do this with natural health. They look at one aspect of um, health and well-being, maybe a certain kind of um, vitamin or a certain type of mineral, and they build everything around that. And they forget, well, you know, you have many organs in the body, not just one. You have many muscles in the body, not just one group of them. And you have to have the complete package working together. Isn't that true? In order for a body to be healthy. And we can look at that with anything. We can look at a motor, just a regular physical motor, maybe under the hood of your car. You can accentuate just one system working well and neglect the others, and then you're going to have a problem. So getting back to this, um, let's look at one more verse in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16, and then in verse number 9, here it says, A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now, this is great because, again, this shows both both things. A man's heart devises. That comes from the the Hebrew word. um, Let me read the definition to you. It's called uh, koshab. If you have one of those Hebrew Greek dictionaries, it's the Hebrew word 2803. And devises means to kind of to fabricate or to plot or contrive. (laughs) Um, So in some ways it might mean cunning, but, you know, we are what we are in in that sense. That's why Jesus had to come and and rescue us from ourselves. But, um, yeah, the Lord directs our steps. So at the end of the day, it just goes shows to, yeah, even though you're doing your part, God's still going to direct your steps. And sometimes, the best way, and I was talking with somebody about this the other day, 
is when God's directing your steps and you're not conscious of it until after the fact. And, and when that happens, it just happens naturally. And I think that's uh, another result or another benefit of having the Holy Spirit inside you is not everything is happening like mechanically like a formula, like uh, adding one part of this and two parts of that and three parts of this, and then you get the final result. It's whereas uh, we intend, we make that intention in the beginning to do what we know how to do. But it's just like anything else in life. We don't perform it perfectly. If we did, we wouldn't need God's grace. We wouldn't need his unearned favor. Everything would be based on a merit basis. We would earn everything from the answers to prayer to our natural success. And, you know, the Bible even says back in the book of Deuteronomy that uh, after the blessings of God would come upon the people, beware that they don't say in their hearts after, you know, they've built houses and lands and and enjoyed the fruit of their labor. Beware that you forget the Lord your God and say, by the power of my hand, I have gotten this wealth. So there are warnings about that. But think about what Jesus said. I mean, people live their lives all burdened down. And, and sometimes they say, oh, I just have a burden of the Lord to for this or that. Or, But you know what? The Bible says in Matthew, Jesus himself said, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So you have to wonder that if you're all burdened down, is that from God? Well, not according to the Bible. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. You know what a yoke is? Remember the animals that used to, to plow the field? They would hook up all that equipment, that yoke to them, and the ox would just trudge down the fields. I mean, if you've never seen it in real life, I'm sure you've seen pictures or in the movies. But, you know, if we think about it, it if we're carrying a burden of light of in our lives, Jesus will carry that for us. We can give that to him, and we can enter into what the Bible calls God's rest. Uh, Psalm number 55, here's another good scripture, Psalm 55, the 55th chapter. Let me get there quickly, Psalm 55. And in verse number 22, it says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. <clears throat> well, see, we have our part in that. You know, sometimes we want God to sustain us, but we want to also carry the burden. But if we, if we, if we cast the burden upon the Lord first, then it says, and he shall sustain thee. The and comes after the casting the burden on the Lord. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Well, I don't know about you, but I consider myself the righteous because the Bible says that those who believe are the righteousness of God in Christ, 1 Corinthians 1.30. So I believe I'm that. If you believe, I believe you're that. <clears throat> but I also know that I've been moved before. I, I've been moved um, to one degree or another. And I, I know during those times that I was moved because I never cast it my burden upon the Lord. And, and the interesting thing here is that looking back in my own life, I'm sure that maybe you can relate I can cast my burden upon the Lord, you know, at noon today, and then I will take it back up, not even realizing I'm doing it. But the, but the telltale sign is I begin to feel anxious. I begin to feel worried. And so I have to go and bring that back to God again. I have to unburden myself. You know, you pick up the things and, and you hand them to God. And then sometimes you go a few hours and you pick them back up and you put it and you start carrying them again. Why? Because it's a habit. It's a habit of doing certain things. It's like biting your nails. Worry is a habit. You know, have you ever heard that phrase, the worry habit? And so just like any other habit, you know, if you, if you tell yourself, I'm not going to do this, 
I'm not going to repeat this habit, and then you find yourself doing it without giving it much thought. Well, it, you know, it takes time to break a habit. If you've been in the worry habit for many years, then you're going to have to spend some time unburdening yourself throughout the day. And so maybe every 30 minutes, or maybe you spend a lot of time in prayer, or maybe you do it gradually. I don't want to say that there's a formula for doing it. I, I would say that if there's such a thing as a formula, that honesty is the key ingredient in what you're doing. You have to be honest that if you feel like it's impossible for you to not worry about something, then you have to cry out to God and ask him to help you. You have to be, I, you know, I've heard uh, testimonies the last few days watching some YouTube videos and some people have just had the greatest breakthroughs in their lives when they were just flat out honest with God. You know, sometimes honesty doesn't put our, you and I in the best light. But God already sees us with all of the various iniquities and issues and things like that that we have. And so sometimes we have to be honest that we do have these things instead of hiding them from ourselves and feeling bad about it. Just come right out and say it. You know, I, I remember there was a time that I didn't really care uh, about pollution or things like that. I was young, young at the time. I guess I'm saying that so I feel justified for thinking that way. But um I know that if I hadn't given this to the Lord, it would it would have taken longer. But I just didn't really care about um, nature and what lived and what died and what, what extinct and what didn't. I just thought in my mind that, well, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth one day anyway. So, you know, I really didn't give any thought. And then I, I thought to myself, well, you know, God has not made anything that's unimportant. Everything is here for a reason. And anything that has life has value. Anything. Anything that can be killed, anything that has life has some kind of value, I guess. <laughs> I mean, am I, am I, what am I saying? Is is it completely off track? I don't think so. Everything has value. So why wouldn't you respect the life of something else and and know that, you know, it, it has its own feelings and it thinks its own thoughts and it has its own fears, I guess. Right? Certain animals are afraid. We know animals and, and nature and things in nature are afraid of people, Right. So, uh, you know, when you, if you get too close, close to the bird or the squirrel or anything like that, they usually take off and head the other way. You know, even the venomous snake heads, heads the other way. Um, maybe not so much like the big, the big stuff in nature, but I guess you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. All right, let, let's, let me keep going uh, with this thought. So, number one, the Bible tells us not to let our hearts uh, be troubled, but sometimes it takes talking to God about your fears, anxieties, and the things that are making you nervous in order to unburden yourself, right? Because the actual anxieties come from what we're thinking about. And sometimes it takes talking to God to get our mind off of it. And um, Jesus said his yoke is easy, his burden is light, but let's go even further. You know, God says, fear not for I am with you. <clears throat> the book of Isaiah 41.10, God said, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Think about dismayed. Have you ever been dismayed before in your life? I have. I remember times where like money was really in short supply, and I just looked at what was around me and thought, Well, you know what? This needs is going to need to be replaced. I'm going to need a new one of these, and this isn't working right, and this has got to be fixed. And it seemed like there were things all around me that were in disrepair, and I didn't have the money to be able to just, you know, pay somebody to do it, or I didn't have the skill and the understanding to do it myself, so I, I just felt dismayed. Have you ever felt like that before? But here it says, do not uh, fear, and it gives you the reason why. 
God says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. That's what you got to think about. Those are the things that are, are virtuous. Those are the things that are pure. Those are the things that are, are of the good report that we were talking about in Philippians chapter 4, verses uh, 6 and 7. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. And so uh, j- just this morning, uh, we're in the middle now, of course, of the coronavirus episode. Everything is shut down. And we don't know how long it will be shut down. And people are praying, uh, but they're still filled with anxiety. And you have to worry, how effective is that? Right? Does, does fruit come from seeds that were sown among thorns? No. No, the cares of this world choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. For a lot of people are praying, but they're not going to see fruit from their prayer. Not because God doesn't care about them, not because God doesn't love them, because they just, they've chosen, whether consciously or unconsciously, to focus on the things that are going to create additional anxiety, worry, nervousness, or discouragement. And, and so... You know, when you're down, it's tough to get up. When, when, you're, when you're idle, when you're stationary, it's tough to get moving. Once you're already moving, it's easier to keep that in motion. Years ago, I was started doing these exercises, and they, the person that was leading the course said, once your muscles get some strength, they will fight to keep their strength. The hardest part is starting with a weak muscle. And so, yeah, you may try this today and say, oh, it doesn't work for me the way it works for some other people. It's not as easy as maybe Jim said in the podcast. And, and I want to say that it, depending on what day you get up, I've, I'll tell you, I've gone to bed before and I've had just horrific dreams of just the world falling, my world falling apart around me. And then I got up the next day and it just felt like I got up out of the wrong side of the bed. And so what do you have to do? Prayer, it takes more of an effort during those times. But if you know, once you become used to that, you know, if if you're a fighter and you're a defensive specialist and you're in the ring, you know, those guys, those girls in some cases, uh, they still get hit with punches. They just stop and say, oh, and get totally discouraged. I let my guard down. I got hit with a good punch. Or the old warriors of old on the battlefield. Do you think they ever got wounded even though they won the battle? Of course they did. And so you shouldn't get discouraged just because you have a setback. You just keep on fighting. You keep on believing. You keep on calling out on God. And, and, and you keep that attitude of thanksgiving going. Do you see how that works? Let your request be made known with thanksgiving. The other night I got up and, and all these thoughts were in my mind. And I just started thanking God. I started thanking God for salvation. I started thanking God for who I am in Christ. I started thanking God for forgiveness of sins. I started thanking God for all of those things because my natural mind, I just could not reason myself into a good attitude. I just couldn't reason my way out of what, that negative feeling. And so the easiest way was just to shut off my intellect and just to start thanking God about it and not think. Is my thanking working? Is the praise working? Am I feeling better? No, I'm not feeling better, so let me try thanking. You, you understand when you get caught in that? That's what it means to unburden yourself, to, to give it to God, and to practice this. It'll become easier the more you do it. The less you do it or the less frequency, I guess you could say, it's like anything else in life. You've practiced probably being worried in some areas of your life, maybe several. You, you've practiced being nervous about certain things. You've developed a habit But now that you're aware of it, and now that you're aware of how you can be limiting God by looking at those things and by allowing those things to stay, 
then you can push in the other direction. And the best way to get rid of anxiety and worry is to pray, which is to talk to God. Sometimes it's formal, sometimes it's informal, and uh, and the peace of God will come. The Bible promises that it will. Does it say the peace of God will come in five minutes, 30 minutes, or or whatever? Does it even tell you how long you have to pray? No, it doesn't tell you any of those things. If you needed to pray for an hour a day or five hours a day or, or 30 seconds a day, you know, the Bible would tell you, it would give you directions, but we're all different, and it depends on where you're at at any given point in time. It it really depends. So anyway, this is Jim. Thank you for spending some time with me today. This is the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. God bless you. You are going to make it through this time. You are going to recover, and I just encourage you to call out to God. Do it now and transform the rest of your day going forward. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.